Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you recently handled a case where one brother was suing his two brothers, your clients. What happened? Well, Dennis, the two brothers struggled but succeeded to build three restaurants. But when the third brother returned from being out of the country for 20 years, he sued to get one-third of their business. He claimed an oral deal between them because he had once worked as a cook for them. So what did you do? Well, during trial, we got him to acknowledge certain key dates and to his complete lack of documentation. So when his side rested, we asked the court for what's called a directed verdict, a motion that gets rid of a case after fatal facts come out during trial. And the court agreed, shooting down all but one of the brothers' causes of action. And we settled that one for a very small amount and excused the jury. And justice was done. My friends, you know that I trust Barack Lurie with my own business and other legalities. So to make sure a deal is done right, call him for your own legal issues at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Park, 866-575-8111. Show with me, my producer and friend Ari David. Always a pleasure. Uh, we have uh, some many interesting topics uh, that have come up about as late. Uh, one of them, of course, is uh, well, the, the Obama administration is an administration that keeps on giving. It's as if uh, we can't stop here. It's uh, it's really quite remarkable. Um, but I, I want to digress a little bit about how we how we teach our kids. And remember, we spoke a couple of podcasts ago about arguing at the margin. I think we called it marginal thinking. Uh, and the concept there was when people uh, produce, a, uh, they have an argument, whether it's abortion, whether it's the death penalty, uh, gun control, I think is an example you gave, Ari, uh, Obamacare. They always talk about the marginal person at the very frayed end of it. Uh, and say, well, this person won't necessarily be able to get insurance. Therefore, we need to change all of our insurance. Um, or the death penalty. This person uh, may be wrong, or the person may be wrongly convicted and wrongly killed as a result of the death sentence. Uh, and therefore, we shouldn't have the death sentence at all. Um, this, you know, this person uh, created havoc with the guns and killed a whole bunch of people randomly. And so, therefore, nobody should have guns. Okay, this is all margin, marginal thinking, arguing at the margin, and you can't do that. You can't. It, it doesn't make any sense. It never has made any sense. And uh, it's it's a way of deflecting attention from what really needs to be done. In, in fact, Ari, most of the time that we have our discussions, we are trying to really bring back the the liberal mindset, the the, the lefty. Back right into the to the main to discuss the main part, not the margin, just to actually deal with the main part. And here's a funny thing: talking about God and those people who want to resist God, they the evolution and such, they are talking on the margin. They are arguing on the margin when it comes to God. It's kind of a fascinating thing, um, and, and I'll explain why. Um, <clears throat> for them, and it's truly on the margin, it's the most, it's probably the best example I can give of arguing on the margin that I can think of now. Because when you're talking about God, 
and trying to show that there is a God, then you must necessarily talk about the odds that things are totally random. Okay, so that the odds that they are totally random is a number that I can't, it's, it's like that famous uh, uh, line from The Simpsons, you know, what's your name? And, and the alien says, well, I could tell you, but I would have to rip your tongue out, <laughs> you know, in order for you to pronounce it. Uh, <clears throat> the numbers are so staggeringly small. It's one out of a quintillion, trillion, trillion that things could have happened by themselves. That you say, okay, this is, that's silly. That's not a logical response. Uh, a paternity test, for example, <clears throat> that uh, may be a paternity test uh, takes you to, uh, I think, a 99.99% confidence level, okay? Which means that there's a 0.01% chance that the test is wrong and that this person is the father when he's not the father or is not the father when he is the father. Okay. Um, that fraction, 0.01% chance, is enormous compared to the chance that the universe and the earth and life itself is random. It's, it's just so staggeringly enormous compared to that, that number. So when people say to you, well, it could happen, that's the ultimate arguing at the margin, isn't it? They will not, they don't want to deal with the, the facts that are in the, in, in, the, in the general, in the more, in the main area. And those facts are the fossil record. Uh, those facts are uh, the, our placement in the universe. Those facts include the perfection of our atmosphere and, uh, and the incredible complexity of the human condition. Those facts include free will and beauty and music and, uh, and all the things that we've already discussed on this show many times over. They just don't want to deal with it. What they'll say to you always is, well, I don't want to talk about it. You know, well, you know, you still haven't proven that there is a God. And I said, I basically said, I think the burden of proof now is on you, that there is no God. That's the, the better question, because the odds that it's not random are so low. I'm sorry, the odds that it's not random is so high that really the burden shifts upon you to show that there's no higher being. You don't have to call it God, but just show it to me that there's no higher being, no no constructor of what we see around us. And I put it to you that that it was, would be a very difficult challenge. Um, and they say, well, you know, Barack, you know, Ari, you're, you're asking me to prove a negative. And I would say, no, that's not, that's not at all asking you to prove a negative. It's simply asking you to prove that it's nighttime when it's daytime, right? It's possible <laughs> that somehow... The, the, uh, were, you know, if you just kind of land me at a certain point and it's, everything's really bright, that somehow it's nighttime, but it's not likely to be nighttime. All the indications indicate that there is light all over the place and therefore it's nighttime. So prove, prove that to me. So it's not, that's not proving a negative. Without being on the margins, like being at the polar cap during summer. Right, exactly. Which would be in the margin. But well, what if it's Alaska and it's June? That's, that's right. The margin. Yeah, that, that's a good example. That, that would be in the margin. I, I know. So so fascinating to me. Um, and when you when you reject this marginalist thinking, because there's always arguing on the margin, right? You can say. I mean, Dennis Prager points this out a lot when he speaks about generalities. You can say that the sun doesn't rise 
in the uh, East and, set, and doesn't set in the West all the time. You can't say that, Ari and Barak, because they'll point to what you just said, which is the North Pole. That's an exception. It doesn't, there's no rising or, or not rising, uh, certainly in the, night to, in, when, in the winter, when either of those poles are, are facing their winters, right? There's no sun at all. You don't get to see anything. So there's no rising or, set, or setting of anything. So it's, it's a, but, but that would be, you'd be foolish to say that to, as a general principle. You would never use that as a guiding principle of, of trying to find your way, for example, to determine whether it's nighttime or, or otherwise. If you want to head west, you generally speaking go where the sun is going. If it's five o'clock in the, in the afternoon and then the sun is setting, then you know that you're going west. Okay, you don't have to tell yourself, well, if I'm a, I can't apply that because in the North Pole and the South Pole, that wouldn't apply. <laughs> um, silly reasoning, right? At least to, it's, it's really shallow thinking at the end. Okay, so uh, that's, uh, that's the ultimate, I think, the ultimate uh, thinking at the margin. I wanted to move on to a different topic because a, a very interesting situation happened to me recently, um, and it made me realize something that has, ha has affected me. Huh. You and I were both liberals once upon a time. Um, I was uh, for sure an atheist once upon a time. And I remember somebody telling me, I don't know what, what happened, it just triggered my memory recently. They, uh, while I was arguing my liberal mumbo jumbo, they said, Barack, with a smile, they said, I, I predict that you'll be a conservative one day. In fact, I know you'll be a conservative one day. I chose to get insulted. I uh, said, how can you say that? That's just nonsense. I would never do that, and, right? And, and he said, I, you know, I'll tell you why. You think too deeply. And I said, well, that's why I'm a liberal, I said. Okay, that's fine. The way you think dictates that you will become a conservative one day. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap myself around this because, on the one hand, uh, he was complimenting me for the way I think. On the other hand, he couldn't have given me a greater insult by saying that I would be a conservative one day. And it, it's not that it wasn't a technique or anything. He really felt that I was that bright, that I was a very thoughtful person, very analytical. And he's right. I, I am I'm reasonably bright. I, I don't know how bright, but I, I know that I'm very analytical. I do like thinking. I like thinking things through. That's a passion of mine. And I like epiphanies. We talked about this before. And I, I, think, I think he's right. And I, of course, I did become a conservative, and I, I think only a year later. And maybe that maybe so like our predictions, the only thing he was wrong about is it <laughs> how quickly sooner it would, than he thought. How quickly it would happen. That's so true. Uh, and I embraced it fully. Was that the moment that the seed of conservatism was planted officially and nurtured in your mind? That, was that the seed that grew? Or I, was that other seeds that grew and you just observed that they, they, they were there among the weeds? I think it was very subconscious. If it was a seed, then it was a subconscious one because I did promptly forget it. Uh, but now I'm, I'm, it's, it's reawakening in my memory that there, I had such a discussion. And I remember my feeling insulted and I dismissed him. And now, in hindsight, I, I truly appreciated him. He did not mean to offend me. He meant it as a compliment. And he just said, this is the way things are going to be. It, just like you can tell, I, I think he saw me becoming a conservative, just like I could see, I don't know, um, somebody who is um, 
studying to to be a lawyer is going to be a lawyer one day. I mean, that's just it was it seemed inevitable to him. Or uh, somebody who's uh, training to be uh, for the Olympics is uh, may may very well be an Olympic athlete one day, right? Or at least at the very least will compete in sports. And there's certain inev- inevitable things. Um, we can also see, for example, that somebody who's a, a punk when he's, you know, 14, 15 years old, and doesn't really care about life, but has, you know, a, a decent upbringing in every other respect. Well, he's in rebellion mode, and he's going to go back and become a regular, you know, a, a good person again. You know, somebody who's actually going to contribute and will speak with some sort of articulation and, and otherwise, right? So that's the way he was looking at me, and uh, I appreciate that. Now, now I see the compliment as, as well. And I, I agree with him. I think that if you are a thoughtful person, somebody who does like analysis, and you really probe the analysis, you don't just look at the, the facts at the margin, as, as we've been saying, then you are going to be a conservative. The Michael Brown situation is such a perfect example of that. Any thinking person would say, well, let me get this straight. Uh, you know, there was a grand jury. I know the grand jury process. Uh, these people were picked out from random. They have minorities and everything else. They were much more close to the facts and the evidence. They got to ask a lot of questions. And uh, they decided that there was really no indicia whatsoever of wrongful conduct on the part of the officer, Darren Wilson. And who are we to, to second-guess them about that? How, how would we know better than they know? And it seems like the process has been very fair. And it could be that all this, you know, what, what is it? What do they call it? Uh, sh- don't shoot. Hands up, don't. Hands, hands up, up, don't shoot. Yeah, hands up, don't shoot. Nonsense is just a fabrication because people need to feel good about themselves, and uh, it, it gives them a cause to to fight. Uh, and and that that is, you know, fine. That's a cause to fight, but that doesn't make it truth. You, you could see that the wheel spinning. I, I think a lot of people have been made conservative through this whole Michael Brown process. Every time you see this kind of crap, this kind of garbage that comes out, you don't realize it, but you're making conservatives out there because there are thoughtful liberals, like I used to be, analytical liberals, who, who don't like what they're seeing. They say, this is a bunch of garbage. This is BS. And it may not change them that moment, but then the next Michael Brown-type moment or the next mantra that they expect everyone to believe, like Obamacare. Obamacare made a lot of conservatives out of a lot of liberals, especially after Jonathan Gruber said, we've been lying to you and you're stupid. That's, that's, a, that's a converting moment, my friends, right? Because you just need a little analysis to say, yeah, you know, I, I've been fooled here and I don't like being fooled. And, uh, and now you... You know, once somebody lies to you once, you begin to start questioning them, right, on, on everything else. And you want more information. I can tell you this. This is, you know, I represent clients like that. And I talk to them about the, the bad guy who's conned them. And we start unraveling a lot of different things. And it, it, this is the way it is. Analysis requires that sort of openness, that sort of uh, uh, conservative thinking. Liberalism, by contrast, requires you to close your mind. That's right. It requires you to close your mind. There is literally no thinking in liberalism. And, and people will just jump on me. I know that everyone will say, how can you say that? That's very insulting, Barack. Uh, okay. All right. You can be insulted. 
But I, I want you to, if you think that liberalism, in fact, entails deep thinking, please give me an example where deep thinking is actually involved. All right? Because, and this is why I challenge everyone. I say, uh, show me one liberal policy that the conservatives have opposed. In the past, I don't care, 100 years. I, I said 50 years before, but I'll say 100 years. And, and, and that, in turn, has worked. And say, well, you know, those, those conservatives, they sure were wrong about policy X. Okay? That, that's deep thinking, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's shallow thinking to just assume that liberalism is great and that democratic policies, Democrat policies are wonderful. Um, just because, because they sound nice. That's truly shallow thinking, right? So you have all these, these mantras and these statements, whether it's Obama saying that 98% of the, of the people will, will see the taxes lowered and only 2% will see their taxes slightly increased. Isn't this wonderful? Okay, you, you believe that? Or no blood for oil. I'm still waiting for my oil. Yeah, yeah that's where's, right. Where's, my, where's the oil? Or, or Bush lied, people died. You know, it, it, these... these um, these these quipisms, these these quips that they mean literally nothing, um, you know, white guilt and uh, no white, white privilege. privilege. Sorry, white privilege. That's the new phrase. And uh, or don't you know, hands up, don't shoot. And like you just said, um, if the if the gloves don't fit, don't acquit. Whatever I, you know, all all these crazy things that these soundbite philosophies, these soundbite uh, attitudes that basically require you not to think. Or the best. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, please. No justice, no peace. Yeah. While the people screaming that are actually calling for an in, an unjust lynching. Yeah. Because the wheels of justice have turned, and they don't like what the result has been. Right. So now they're screaming no peace, unless we lynch. Yeah, it's a good example. Can we, in fact, conclude, make that very bold statement, that liberalism requires you not to think? And I think the answer is yes. I think it's 100% a, a fair statement to say. And I'm not talking about not to think about uh, all things in life, like you know, making sure to balance your checkbook or being nice to your neighbors and such like that. I'm talking about the, the policies that are classically liberal, whether that's minimum wage, rent control, affirmative action, higher taxes, higher regulations, Obamacare. The ideas that lead to voting patterns right. is what you're talking about. Yeah, those classic liberal um, platforms. If <clears throat> the only way you can truly believe in them is when you you decide just not to think, because if you really explored the question and said, simply said, does rent control really work? You know, it's 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 nice when it says rent control and it says, well, this is designed to allow people who cannot afford as much to uh, to not be kicked out of their apartments, and that that's really nice. But then you probe deeper and just a little bit more analysis, and you realize how how not only does it not work, but it's actually destructive and it actually hurts the very people that it's intended to help. You, you can't possibly be, you can't possibly embrace rent control when you realize that. When you think. Right, when you, when you actually people. think it through. And, you, and, and it's not that hard to think through. That's, the, that's what makes it so, so aggravating. Yeah, the variables are essentially like doing basic uh, addition or subtraction. We're not talking about quadratic equations. It's here. not. It's not algebra or yeah. calculus. That's it. You're so right. It is just thinking it through, just staying another minute beyond the quip and then asking yourself, okay, well, does that really mean what it, what it says? Same thing with Obamacare. Obamacare was such a great example for, for all this. 
Um, because he, we conservatives, we looked at this and just said, let me get this straight. You're, remember all the promises. You get to keep your doctor. You get to keep your policy. That was the kind of most famous line yeah. from it, right? Everything you like doesn't change. Right, right. And your premiums will not only not go up, they will actually go way down. And there will be a lot less fraud. And you'll have more choices in your health care. And it will be much more efficient. And 30 million people who don't have it now are going to get it because you let us implement this plan. Right. Which will not hurt you, dear decision maker. Right. You, everything will be wonderful. So uh, no eggshells will be broken in this process, right? Okay. So just that mantra alone would make any reasonable thinking person say to himself, okay, that sounds too good to be true. Okay, I mean, I, I hear the president telling me these things, and I like this president, you can say to yourself, but come on, <laughs> right? I mean, if, if, if somebody came to you as an investor, forget about politics for a second, and said, listen, I've got this great investment idea in uh, Texas, okay? And it is just great. And it's an apartment complex, and uh, here's a bunch of pictures. I promise you, Ari David, uh, 75% return within one month, and 75% the next month, and 125% by the end of the year. And I guarantee it, okay? Just give me, you know, $200,000 right now, okay? And there is no downside, Ari. I guarantee it. This cannot fail. And then I say to you, well, how exactly does it work? And you explain to me an explanation like with Obamacare that makes no sense. Right. I, I give you 2,700 pages of some, of, of, of you know, a, of a, a unreadable of a legalese. Per, yeah, a, a prospectus and basically tell you all these different things and cops in the area and such like that. This is a no-lose situation. And uh, everything is just wonderful. And uh, you get, you'll, and for your $200,000, by the way, you'll get 50% of the company. Okay, and and uh, all the other schmucks, you know, they'll pay ten thousand dollars each, and, and we'll give them only two percent each. But you, my friend Ari David, you'll get fifty percent of the company. So, in addition to those wonderful percentages I just mentioned to you, you'll also see an explosion if we ever sell this property. So, come with me. And you know, a, a thinking person would say, "There ain't there ain't no such animal. It just doesn't exist." And you would know. Okay, and, and, and I bring this as an example because what I just said to you is so clear, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, conservative or liberal, it doesn't matter. You would, you would say, you would guffaw at that and say, thanks, my friend, find some other sucker, right? Again, it, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, you would say that. And I say it only because it's so neutral, it's so politically neutral, what I just said. But when it comes to um, your president, a liberal, and you want to believe in him so much, and he comes to you with this con job called Obamacare, you're ready to believe anything. And all you needed to do was just scratch a little bit under the surface, and you would see what a con job this is. It was so transparent. It was as transparent as, to me, Obamacare, as soon as they started, brought, it out, brought it out and told me how everything is going to be wonderful and nobody's going to have any problems. And every, everything's going to be cheaper and more efficient and less fraudulent and everything is just going to be wonderful. 
it was as apparent to me as the day that they announced in the Duke Lacrosse case, the rape case, that they couldn't find any DNA of the boys that were allegedly the rapists, right? I, okay, it was clear to me. The boys uh, didn't do it. You can't, you, can't, you can't fake that. You can't clean up your, you know, I mean, to, not to be gross here, but there's no way that they could have left that crime scene and somehow left not a single trace of DNA. Because Impossible. Every rapist follows the Planned Parenthood recommendations and uses condoms. Well, but, but even if they use condoms, yeah, you would still be leaving DNA. It, it's because it, it's not just you know the let's not. This is kind of a family show, so it's not just that that stuff. Uh, it's it's also other stuff. Your your skin, yeah, you know, is, like is left hair behind. Fiber, uh, hair fiber, dust, stuff. Everything. Stuff is uh, is is left behind, and so and this is supposed to be during a drunken orgy of some kind. Right, I mean, <laughs> violent, drunken, violent one. So you would expect this, yeah, with blood and everything. Okay, so it it didn't happen. Okay, so I just I turned to my wife at the time. I said, "Well, that's it. That's the end of the case." Um, maybe they shouldn't have brought it because maybe they should have done the DNA first. But okay, end of the case. But no, this guy Nifong, that was that was the DA's name, who has since been disbarred, thankfully. Uh, it said, "No, I'm going to keep on going forward with this case, and he's going to prove it some other way." And I, and I said, okay, this guy's got an agenda. There's something very wrong with this guy. But there were, there were still people who believed in him. They wanted to believe it. And I'm not talking about Jesse Jackson and the Al Sharptons out there. That's, that's what they do for a living. No, the they, people of his county, the voters that yeah. he was, he was uh, pandering to for hopes of winning higher elective office someday. Because that's and, why he was doing it. Right. And, and anybody who's actually was, would, would be willing to believe that nonsense at that time well, they were not. They clearly were not thinking. So, either you're on the side of, of thinking that you could deceive people because you knew better, or you were one of the deceived. Okay, you 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 pick your poison. Either way, you're 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 a, you're a bad person. Okay, you you're a sucker for being deceived, and and fool on, shame on you for deceiving in the first place. All right, so that's that's where we are. You just cannot be be thinking deeply. Not deeply. And, and the joys of thinking deeply, I cannot tell you. It, it's, uh, and it's not that deep, by the way. And not, not in today's issues. It's, uh, whether yeah, it's, it's not like we have to. This isn't hard for us. It's not hard. We I walk think. in every morning, look at the headlines and go, <laughs> this one's going to be easy. Right. Well, we, we know that everything's going to fall apart. When, when somebody touts minimum wage, we know that that's not going to work. When they, they say, let's build homeless, more homeless shelters for homeless people, we know that there's going to be more homeless people. <laughs> That's the way it works. We know that uh, when, the, um, when you have a minimum wage, it's going to end up hurting the very people that it's supposed to help because it prices people out. And employers don't hire as many people. And, then, and if you require um, people to pay for Obamacare, uh, for, any, for employees that, if there are more than 50 employees per company, well, then that means that they're going to hire fewer than 50 employees or make everyone go part-time so they're no longer employees. It, it, this is basic stuff. You don't have to scratch that far below. So I ask you, my dear liberal listener, who feels offended in any way right now, write to me, info at lurie-law.com, and tell me either one of the things that I've always offered, which is any liberal policy that the conservatives have opposed that has worked. All right? And I'm not saying that exists. That's, that's not a fair answer. Social Security 
exists. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't work. Okay, a Ponzi scheme is not something you can say works. All right, just like saying you know robbing banks for your income level, that's not a good that's not a good policy, right? That's not a sustainable job. That's for right. Long term. It's not a sustainable really? job. Yeah. Huh. All right. It's not a, it's a sustainable way of supporting your family. It's, it's bad. Bad for society. Bad for everything. Right. So don't don't give me that. Um, and then separately, if you want, you can tell me where an intellectual there's an intellectual basis for any liberal policy. Okay. Tell me how you've scratched deeply and and found that um, the liberal answer is the right answer. Just tell me. Okay, and, I'm, and I'll be with you, and I'll admit it on this radio show. And believe me, I, I, I almost want to find one, one example. We're spending enough time looking. We'd like to find one. Right. People, this isn't, this isn't a, a joke. Or, or a, yeah, or even two. I, I don't care. But, you know, we still might say, okay, yes, uh, John Smith from uh, Arkansas, you know, he, he found this example. And you know what? He might be right about that. But it's only one example out of the 999, and by and large, liberalism doesn't work. So, you know, we'll give that, uh, and we'll still be conservatives, perhaps, but nevertheless, we'll give it. But still, it's zero. Our issue isn't whether we're going to be conservatives or liberals, because we've sampled both bowls of soup. Right. Our issue is right. we've come to a point within our conservative thought process where we're having trouble finding any redeeming qualities of liberalism. Right. It's it's a broader, more uh, uh, meaty issue than at the margins of, uh, you right. know. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the redeeming quality of liberalism, well, it's only what they perceive it to be. They perceive it to be uh, more humane, more uh, kind. It's more thoughtful. Well, they're not more thoughtful, but they think they're more thoughtful, uh, more tolerant. All those words that they more love to ascribe. All those words that they love to ascribe to themselves. But in fact, it's it's the opposite. It's more, that's like saying... Uh, you know those those powdered sugar things. We can go into the to the the kitchen he, he, right here in the in the uh, office space, and and just uh, scarf down all the sugar in the sugar packets. It'll taste sweet. That's sweet's nice. It's terrible for you. <laughs> you wouldn't. It's not a sustaining thing, but it would. In fact, it's very destructive for you. And that's all liberalism offers. It just offers a sweet taste. It just actually sweet words, makes you feel good for the moment. But it's actually destructive. That's what it is. Liberalism is is but a uh, packet of sugar. That's all. Look, we started off by saying uh, how uh, you gave another example of marginal thinking or arguing at the margin, and and it really ties in nicely to this notion of how uh, you cannot possibly think deeply if you are uh, if you embrace liberalism. Uh, every policy that you may embrace does not involve deep thinking. There's no way you could get to that because it's, it, it, it leads to absurd results and every single liberal policy uh, has failed. And it's not just historical, it's just, it's logical. For all the reasons we've already mentioned before, whether it comes to all the, the famous liberal policies of uh, wealth distribution, um, uh, f- fair taxing, uh, Minimum wage, affirmative action, national more regulations, security. national security, Obamacare, all the, all the things that are so traditionally intertwined with liberalism, they just don't work, my friends. And, and they're, it's so, it's so ev- obvious to show you how it does not work. Anyway, I just I welcome your emails, 
Uh, and always feel free to call us at 310-478-7788 and tell me off if you like. I'm Brock Lurie. This has been the Brock Lurie Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you real soon.